The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold. Welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is doing great. It is Friday going into Saturday, Christmas Eve, ladies and gentlemen. And so as you may have noticed, I took the last couple of days off. I really wasn't planning on it. I don't like to do it, but I had some Christmas stuff to finish up. Plus, on top of it, I was spying on you folks. I was looking at the analytics and the numbers were down. I said, you know what? Everyone is busy with Christmas, but today I decided, you know what, I've got to record because I'm just not happy when I'm not recording. Honestly, if I'm not sharing information, intelligence, helping out you folks with trying to understand what it is we're living under and where we were going, uh, where we are going, then I'm just not happy. I'm not satisfied. I feel like I'm not being productive. So I said, you know, I'm going to record today. Now, a couple of things I had mentioned, uh, and for those of you at the pain.tv slash gold audience, I had mentioned I was working on this uh, poster for my wife, which documents um, from when we found out, the day we found out that she was pregnant, all the way to really just a couple of days ago. So it took me several hours. Then we had a power outage here over a couple of days. The storms are coming in here. So we had a power outage and I got delayed. But for those of you who pain.tv slash gold, you can see this actually. It's um, got 73 photos on it. And I started off with about 550 photos. So I had to narrow it down to 73. But it's pretty cool. The first picture there is... um, is me, hold on, I'm trying to move here for those of you in the audio only audience, holding up the uh, Clearview pregnancy test. And then the last photo is actually me laying next to Willie in the bed, a photo my wife took the other day with our arms in the same direction. And it documents everything. And it says right here, folks, following one hot, steamy night, 42 weeks and two days in mommy's belly, and 55 hours and 47 minutes of painstaking labor, William Christoph Gold, born 21 and a half inches in height and 9 pounds 4 ounces in weight, arrived on November 13, 2022 at 7.12 a.m. And in the middle, it says, The first moment your mother, the most loving, brave, and amazing woman I have ever known, set eyes on you, she said, quote, He is the boy from my dreams, with the full head of black hair, end quote. And I have a photograph of her, literally the minute Willie came out of her and she was holding him. And then it says, from the very first minute we knew you were on your way, we began our journey to bring you into this world in the healthiest and most loving and peaceful way possible. Although you were still in your mommy's tummy, we began introducing you to a circle of family and friends who will love, adore, and cherish you for all times and brought you on magical adventures in both the United States and Poland that you will carry with you 
for a lifetime and it says mommy and daddy love you willie gold so this is what i made for my wife I, i've got her a few other things but i love doing gifts that come from the heart and where i could use my creativity um it really uh it really works folks these kind of gifts uh, bring on the tears ladies and gentlemen so i'm proud of that piece i wanted to share it with you guys so you've seen it actually before my wife has because she won't get it until christmas so um so that's it folks that's it and i went out yesterday there was like 40 mile per hour winds it was raining it was cold but i had to go out there like santa claus and deliver these gift baskets i told you about so i got these old antique baskets uh, from a woman who sells stuff on Facebook Marketplace. She's got a pretty cool old log cabin house and an outbuilding. She sells antiques and stuff. So I got these really nice old gift baskets, and I had to get four of them. And I was able to pick them. They were perfect to match the personality of the people we were giving them to, like my neighbor, who him and his wife have been really supportive through the whole pregnancy. Great people. He's kind of like a Trump MAGA guy. And so I got this old antique gift basket that was printed like um like with american flag on it and then our friend elena who is the homeopathy expert she'll be coming on the show soon she kind of dresses like an old school amish i found this really unique old basket that matched her personality our doula Alyssa, i got this kind of hippie-ish looking one and then my sister and brother they look great and so we got a collection of apple butter honey and different jams and jellies from farmer carol that she made and we put those in there i baked some of that homemade bread we put a loaf of bread in there my wife and mother-in-law made these really nice old school iced uh, christmas cookies and we put those in there and then a collection of polish candies they picked up at the uh, polish store so they were really good and i said i gotta go out and deliver these the bread is fresh the cookies are gonna get stale if i don't hurry up so i went out in the rain i survived folks i survived and when i got back or uh, i was on my way back from the last drop off at elena's house i got on the phone with wide awake jim and so I talked to Wide Awake Jim for about two hours last night, starting to figure out how we're going to put all of his documents together because we're going to record this upcoming week between Christmas and New Year's, hopefully be able to get two or three episodes recorded for you folks on the Bank for International Settlements and all the new information that he has with over 200 documents. We're trying to figure out the order in which to present that to you uh, so that it makes the most sense and you get the most value out of it. And so uh, a couple things he wanted me to tell you guys, he just had a conversation with the manager of his bank. And as you know, if you've listened to him on this show, the Dustin Gold Standard or over at the Thomas Paine podcast or the Hotwire with Mike Moore, you'll know that Jim only uses small local banks. And so they told him that you know, cyber crime, cyber theft is up over 800%. And so the banks are just going to deny your claim if money gets stolen out of your account. And you're going to have to fight that for you know weeks upon weeks upon months upon years to try to get your money back. Okay, and I told a story here about my wife had over $10,000 stolen out of one of her savings accounts, and I had to go to battle, and it took me about three and a half months to get the money back. And if I didn't have tips from Mike Moore, who worked for City, 
and my mother who worked in the fraud department at city for about four or five years i would have never been able to get the money back i mean you need true insider information you need to understand how to elevate the case which department to move it to it's a real hassle. So Jim wanted me to tell you that this bank told him cybersecurity stuff, cyber theft is up over 800%. And so he said the number one thing he wants you guys to know, and we'll talk about it in depth with him, which is why I did not pull up any articles to share with you on this today. I don't want to step on his toes, but he did want me to warn you right away. Do not use your debit card to transact. If you need to use your debit card, you're going to go to the bank. Uh, you're going to go to an ATM at last resort. If you can go to your bank, even better, and withdraw cash. You know, if you need a thousand dollars to buy groceries and things like that during the month, take a thousand dollars in cash out and use that. Do not be swiping your debit card at the grocery store and the gas station and the Seven uh, Eleven and all over town. Just get the cash out. That's the safest way to do it. Uh, first, by getting it from your bank. Second, by getting it from the ATM. And then if you're stuck in a really tough situation, use a credit card, like a strict credit card. Although there's some stuff we're going to talk about because even the credit card companies are going to start denying claims when someone uses your credit card although you can put in a complaint and it'll most likely freeze the interest while they investigate but the safest bet is to withdraw cash and spend that cash all right you know he's big on that he's going to talk about that this is just a life hack folks of what you've got to deal with now big picture we assume that a lot of this stuff is going to grow you're going to see more cyber theft and this is all going to be part of the propaganda narrative adoption campaign to push cbdc and possibly a hand chip you know the credit cards the plastic are not safe so you need to get the rice size grain of uh, microchip inside the fatty part of your hand which we know is real we cover that here it's not a conspiracy theory there's companies doing it people are already getting it so that's where we see this stuff going so jim wanted me to tell you that also jim sent me a book to read and he said dustin after you read this you are going to want to read this thing live to your audience so i'm in the middle of this it's called the federal reserve conspiracy written by anthony c sutton that's anthony a-n-t-o-n-y-c sutton s-u-t-t-o-n and so it's only an 85 page book uh, and I may read it to you. I may read it to you. I believe it was published first in 1995. Jim said it is incredible. So I've got a copy of that in PDF form. I'm looking for a first edition of the book because he does not have a first edition. He said he already knows there were changes made in that, which is what happens with books over time. Passages, chapters, and such are removed, ladies and gentlemen, and history is altered and changed forever. So I'm looking for a first edition of that folks all right so there you go warning from wide awake jim and he'll be back on the show next week all right as you know we're in the middle of alinsky i just did an introduction to saul alinsky in the last episode and so what i decided ladies and gentlemen because i want your undivided attention when we cover 
Alinsky. And there is no point in me starting to go deep into Alinsky if people aren't listening during the Christmas season. Uh, although the topic I decided I am going to cover tonight in its place is more important than Alinsky, I'm thinking because it has to do with technocracy and transhumanism and artificial intelligence that maybe more people will actually jump in and listen to this, folks. So if you listen to my interview with Dan Golvach uh, the other day, I believe that was episode 115, and I got a lot of people reaching out thanking me for doing that episode. You will know in there, and people caught this, that I had mentioned to Dan the idea of the so-called Antichrist uh, that will rise. And, and listen, Dan is my uh, biblical uh, theologian expert all right he's the resident expert he's going to be coming on the show more we talked about it and he is going to come back and talk uh more often more often on a more regular basis about this stuff uh so he'll go into all the biblical verses and such because he's been studying it for 40 years and then all of a sudden when i mentioned the ai antichrist concept which frankly i had come up with a couple of years ago Dan started doing research and found that there's certain pastors out there that have talked about this. And Dan said, oh my God, I think I was reading all of this biblical stuff wrong for many years. And I looked at the rise of the temple as a physical temple. And I think it may have to do more with the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so he started sending me a lot of information. And I said, Dan, I'm going to show the audience this company that I've been looking into that I haven't covered on the Dust and Gold Standard yet. And let me start to lay this out and set the stage for the audience for when you come back, because he might come back between Christmas and New Year's. So that's going to be a pretty special episode. So I'm going to lay the foundation for that, just like I laid the foundation for Wide Awake Jim with the 15, 16 episodes on central bank, digital currency, universal basic income and such. And then this way, when they come back on, it'll make sense. And then we'll pick up Alinsky, I think, after the new year. As I said, I, I'd like people's undivided attention when I go to talk about Saul Alinsky because he is very important, and I think he is going to be a character that you're going to want to look at through a new lens, as I explained, as I am, who connects into what's been going on today in the present and what's in the present and what's going to happen in the future so when we get back we're going to get into this concept of an ai god i'm going to explain sort of my theory folks this is just a theory coming from me it's not conspiracy theory because i'm looking at the technology as it exists i'm looking at what the elitists are talking about and then i'm showing you the possibilities of what could be done ladies and gentlemen i'm done right now i'm going on a short break i'll be right back this is dust to go with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash go you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. My name 
is Dustin Gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of people left us uh, five-star reviews and comments over at Apple Podcasts over the last couple of days. Very nice comments. I think someone, uh, again, called this a masterclass in technocracy and transhumanism. They said that in every episode, I bring entertainment, insight, and compassion, folks. So I'm really proud of that, and I thank you very much for that comment. It really means a lot to me. So if you folks can do that, it helps spread the word. Now, I just want to be upfront and honest with everyone. There's some changes coming January 1st. I told you I've been working on some new things. Um, You know, if you came over here from Mike Moore's show, the Thomas Paine podcast, and started listening to me back in July and August and then really September when I kicked it into high gear, you will know that I had uh, a partnership with Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast and Paine.tv. So Mike had approached me in July of last year, and he said to me, folks, well, he didn't say folks, he said Dustin. (laughs) He said to me, Dustin, um, listen, you've got a baby on the way, you recently got your divorce done, Uh, you've come on here as a guest, you've been producing and podcasting for many years, why don't you come over here to pain.tv and do a show? and i can help kick it off we could run it in uh, parallel with my show over at megaphone which was our syndicator uh which got purchased by spotify uh shortly before that began but then all the changes came after that and so i just was going to do a show and i pushed the show out it gets published through his megaphone account And I would get access to the public side ad revenue through the advertisements. And then I would publish the ad-free video version over at pain.tv slash gold. And uh, anyone who signed up through pain.tv slash gold, I'd get a 50% commission in perpetuity. So I said, you know what? With everything going on in my life, I had sort of backed out of creative stuff for a couple years between the beginning of COVID land, the high school theater production, and then my divorce came. And so I I had been in creative work and working for myself for 20 years, and I just didn't have it in me. I, I felt like I was defeated for the first time in my life. I always bounced back quickly. And it just, I just didn't have the drive. And so when this opportunity came up, For the first time in my life, I wasn't going to have to go build a website. I wasn't going to have to go build a platform. I wasn't going to have to worry about the tech and the marketing. I just was going to have to produce a show and be myself and deliver content and information and entertainment and enlightenment to folks out there. I said, you know, that's great because I used to manage comedians. I would build their websites. I did their marketing. I wrote their comedy. I produced the shows. And after 20 years, it's just... It wears on you and wears on you. And I also didn't want to go and start a relationship with another podcaster where I was the producer doing all the behind the scenes work and I wasn't able to get on the mic and speak about the things I believe in. So this opportunity came up and it was a great opportunity. Unfortunately, shortly after the opportunity kicked off, uh, as you know, because Mike's been talking about it publicly now, so I could talk about it, uh, Spotify 
um, owning Megaphone, the syndicator, pulled his ads on the public side. And I have no idea what he was making, what his numbers were, anything like that. I just know it happened and it hurt him really bad. And so he had to go and move syndicators and he's been having all kinds of issues. I told you guys this several times. We are operating at the whim of the technocrats that own the platforms and we're sitting here trying to tell the truth about the technocrats. I mean, I obviously talk more about that than than Mike does, but he talks a lot about COVID land, the high school theater production. He's been exposing that for three years now. I mean, uh, he's, he's had the show for three years. He's been exposing that for almost three years, starting in March 2020. And so now, uh, you know, it ends up in a situation where he's pretty much crippled. The time isn't being put in to help market my show, which was all part of the deal. So we had made a decision a few weeks ago to split uh, my show off. I'm continuing to stay with Megaphone for now because I have limited time to go and seek out another platform. And again, if you look behind the curtain, all of these syndicators are owned essentially by the same technocrats. So the public side of my show is split off from pain.tv now. And I'm waiting on, uh, it's like a little inside baseball, but I like to be transparent with you folks out there. It's part of my brand, I think, is my transparency, and I'd like to keep it that way. So I'm waiting on Mike to make a decision after the new year if he is going to keep the Dustin Gold standard ad-free video version up at pain.tv slash gold, or if I'm going to split off and have to build uh, my own website and platform, which I'm prepared to do if I have to do that. It wasn't something I really wanted to focus on going into 2023, but it has to be done. It has to be done. I have a lot of ideas that I've talked about with you guys on the show of what I want to see in a platform. And although I was part of creating the original design and blueprints for pain.tv, there's certain features and things missing that never got built into it. I, I was hands off after January of 20. 21. So I had nothing to do with it after that, other than putting my content on there since uh, July of this year, 2022. So I'll know after January 1st if Mike wants to keep it on there. If he does, I will continue to put my content over at pain.tv slash gold. If he doesn't, because he has to make new plans, he's obviously coming up with a new business model. I think he's been pretty transparent about that. He might go totally behind a paywall, which is not something that I want to do. I'm trying to reach as many people as possible with this so anyway that's what's happening here okay so i've had to deal with that unfortunate situation a giant uh speed bump a roadblock in trying to move this show forward and build a bigger audience for myself and to be able to reach more people with this information so on the public side we're now split from pain.tv and on the subscription side we will know after the first week or so of january if we're going to continue to remain at pain.tv or we're going to do our own subscription for the dust and gold standard which will then allow me frankly a little flexibility to expand and do more of the premium content and stuff that i've been wanting to do for the last few months 
and haven't been able to because they just don't have the technical stuff in place at pain.tv slash gold and it's not really worth it for them to build it uh, because Mike doesn't do that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's what's going on, folks. That's what's going on. As, as we go into 2023, I am going to be working on uh, additional content and we'll see if we're going to launch goldstandard.tv. I'll let you guys know if that's coming or not. Uh, frankly, I prefer not to have to do it, but again, if I do, then I'll suck it up and I will build that for you guys. So anyway, that's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. That's part of what's been going on behind the scenes here. All the crazy stuff that we have to deal with because the technocrats cut off the Thomas Paine podcast from Megaphone and spotify and whether or not mike files a lawsuit i know he's talked about that openly on his show i don't know i'm not part of any of that stuff ladies and gentlemen but i just wanted to be completely honest with you guys as we're moving into christmas uh i am a very transparent person i am all about loyalty integrity and so you will always get the truth from me that's what the gold pill is all about folks so that's that ladies and gentlemen we will let you know what happens after january 1st okay let's return to the content now folks the important stuff so the other day as i mentioned on episode 115 with dan Golvach, i talked about this idea of an artificial intelligence antichrist and, and it came up in conversation with Dan because we were talking about the dark underbelly, this dark spirituality that lies beneath the technocrats, the transhumanists, the economic terrorists, these power-hungry elitists, the prison planet wardens, the hackers, the hijackers, the pirates, and the thieves that run this world that we live in today the people behind the world economic forum the idea of singularity the merger of man and machine the ideas behind the fourth industrial revolution the merger of the biological physical and digital worlds and so we had to look at the counter to that which is the light and so from dan's perspective that is god that is christ and so i started to ask him about the rise of the antichrist and so as he explains it folks and and i'll be honest with you so i grew up protestant i went to church every sunday went to sunday school i really don't remember a lot of it and frankly at about 12 or 13 years old i think right after my confirmation i stopped going to church i've been to church a handful of times in my life since i do believe in a god I do believe in a creator. I do believe in Mother Nature, and I do respect the natural world. Okay, but I just was someone who just didn't, I don't know if I didn't have the time. I don't know if I was too self absorbed to really focus on Christ and understanding that story and those concepts. And I didn't really start getting interested again until I met Dan Golvach about four years ago. And he would talk to me about it on the phone and text message and things of that nature. Now, I will say tomorrow night, Christmas Eve, we are taking Willie G, my wife and I, to a candlelight 
service, Christmas Eve service at a small church. She grew up Catholic. I grew up Protestant. We're going to a church that's more Protestant. And then on Sunday at 11 o'clock, that's Christmas, after we open some presents, we're going to meet our friend Elena and her husband Justin and their three children. And we are going to go to this uh, Bible church thing that the pastor hosts in his house. So we want to instill some uh, religious morality and ethics in Willie G. And we're kind of carving out the path we want to take. And so we're going to do that. So we're going to go to church together. Uh, we visited a lot of churches when we were in Poland. We went into a church when we were in New York City. Big Catholic churches. They have great architecture. Uh, but we're going to go to a small, you know, Christian churches and just start to get a feel for it. So it it's all kind of makes sense to me now, folks. So anyway, Dan, Dan was talking about the Antichrist. And so I said to him, in the world we live in today, right, in this global society, we're all connected globally through the Internet. How can there be one man or something in the image of a man, of a human that rises up and captivates the entire globe when there's what? Almost 200 or more languages. I mean, in India alone, there's over 20 dialects. So how can someone rise up that needs to look like the person they're talking to, needs to speak like the person they're talking to, needs to speak the language of the person they're talking to, needs to understand the culture of the person they're talking to. How could that be? You know, and so in the United States, because we're sort of self-absorbed, right, we look at ourselves within the confines of our border or not our border since we don't have a border. <laughs> but uh, but we look at like, you know, is Trump rising as the Antichrist? Is Joe Biden the Antichrist? Was Barack Obama the Antichrist? Is Elon Musk the Antichrist? Well, how can they be? How can they be if 50% of the country hates them at any given time and the majority of the rest of the world doesn't even know who the hell they are? So what is this Antichrist? Where does it come from? Who is it going to be? Is it going to be a person? When I get back, let me just explain the way I'm thinking about this, folks. I think it's quite interesting. We can go a little loosey-goosey here because we're in the middle of the Christmas season, ladies and gentlemen. Most other podcasters have completely taken off. We'll keep going. So let me explain my theory when we get back, and I'm going to show you a company that kind of fits into the ideas that have been floating around inside my head, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, and the other thing, too, let me just make it clear. I mean, I love Mike Moore, and there's no hard feelings there or anything. 
it is what it is. We're fighting a battle, and plans change sometimes. Also, I want to thank Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays, who introduced me to Mike Moore a few years ago. And so uh, I thank Maria for that. It gave me an opportunity, even with this, to kind of get started without having to go lay out a lot of money, uh, build my own website and everything else. So I want to thank both of them, uh, Mike and Maria. It's uh, been a blast. It's been a blast. Um, all right, folks. So let me just explain this. I said to Dan, what if the Antichrist came in the form of artificial intelligence as almost a projection? I mean, think of the technologies that we have covered and analyzed here at the Dust and Gold Standard. All right, we know that these folks, these madmen, these Frankenstein doctors are trying to gain access to our brains. Everything from Elon Musk Neuralink brain chip, you know, which is a Bluetooth-enabled smartwatch-size device where they drill a hole into your skull, they cut open the lining protecting your brain, they peel that back, they implant 1,000 wires with 1,024 electrodes on each wire down into your brain, and then plug this chip in. And it's going to allow you to connect up to the cloud, to the internet. And as Elon Musk has explained it in his 2018 and 2020 interviews with Joe Rogan at the Joe Rogan Experience, that we won't have to talk anymore. We could communicate our thoughts back and forth. We could skip back and forth in time like we're rewinding a DVD. You know, we're scrolling fast forward. We're going in rewind. All of these things, right? So they're gaining access to your brain. And then as Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at google who's been talking about singularity for decades right this idea of the merger of man and machine this point in which artificial intelligence becomes more intelligent than humans and then humans will be forced to merge with artificial intelligence something that elon musk also talks about and promotes and so kurzweil's idea is that we will upload our consciousness to the cloud right and then beam that consciousness back down into a new biological a new physical body a new vessel or into a non-biological robot or a nanobot suit similar to iron man this is all real we've covered it here at the dust and gold standard these are their words not mine okay then you have peter thiel who's invested in a lot of this. He's been funding the Singularity, the merger of man and machine, the Singularity Institute going back to 2006. All right, then you have DARPA. um, That's the government, the military, their program, the Brain Initiative, uh, focused on building these transcranial electronic stimulation helmets under their N3 program. That's a helmet a non-invasive helmet that you put on your head instead of having a brain chip. We know that Apple is going to be rolling out their virtual reality, augmented reality glasses this year. Who knows if that has transcranial electronic stimulation helmet uh, components to it. So we know this is big. We know inside of the Veterans Administration they are already messing around with mixing psychedelics with virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, I believe that's all an extension of the MK Ultra programs. 
that were run by Sidney Sidney Gottlieb uh, right after World War II ended. So we know all this stuff is going on. We know they're trying to gain access to your brain above and beyond the flicker rates on a iPhone or an Android phone or a tablet. Okay, it goes above and beyond that, even though that's bad enough. Right, so I start thinking about this, and I'm putting it into context with things that we have covered here. Lars Butler, the Artificial Intelligence Foundation, focus on mind twins. We know they've created digital projections of Richard Branson, of Deepak Chopra, and others. And so I said to Dan, and my thought process is this, imagine a future. I'm talking five years, ten years from now. And let's say the vast majority of people, let's just say a majority of people, 58%, 60%, are either walking around with virtual reality headset or an augmented reality headset or augmented reality contact lenses or a brain chip in their head or a transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, something that is connecting them up at all times. The rest of us will be carrying around whatever iteration of the iPhone or the Android phone or left. People will be wearing smart devices, you know, the internet of body stuff, the Fitbits, the smartwatches. So the technocrats and the transhumanists have the ability to access your body, access your mind at any given time because you've allowed them to. Well, what happens if this antichrist or this idea of an antichrist i'm not going to get into the religious elements right now because i'm going to let dan Golvach do that uh he is well versed in this i am not but imagine imagine the ability for them to create the technocrats to create a projection an image an avatar a, a digital twin whatever it may be that talks to you individually Now, we already know through the technology that they have, and I've covered this here at the Dustin Gold Standard, the personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loops. They have the ability through algorithms and artificial intelligence already to feed you a daily stream of content that is different than what everyone else sees. For instance, your Facebook timeline is different than what everyone else sees. Your Twitter timeline is different than what everyone else sees. If you're on YouTube or TikTok or watching Netflix, the content that is offered up to you is different than what everyone else sees. It is customized to you. Even the search results when you're utilizing Google or other search engines are customized to you. Everything is customized to you. This is why television will probably end soon and you'll only get your stuff through your smart device. Or if you're using a smart TV, I don't have one, so I don't know exactly how that works. But everything is customized to you. And as you're walking around in a home full of smart devices, the Alexa, you know, Google Nest, Amazon Ring cameras, carrying around your phone, wearing a Fitbit, wearing an iWatch, Your emotions are being read, are being analyzed, are being tracked, are being run through cloud computing all the time. And so information can be fed back to you to manipulate you, 
to brainwash you, to mind control you. This is all very real. This is not conspiracy theory. This is just a collection of what we talked about here in 116 episodes. So they have the ability to manipulate you at all times. Okay, at all times. Now, imagine somehow, some way, there is a character that gets introduced to you, a personality that is introduced to you in your life in some way through smart technology, through your phone, through your AR headset, whatever it may be. And this person comes to you, and this person is designed specifically to talk to you. Now, you know the way cults work, right? Where the cult leader and, and let's not get into all the theories behind this. Let's just use a Charles Manson, for instance, or a Jim Jones, right? So these people come to you. They'll have a collection of 100 people, 300 people, whatever it is in their cult. And they will talk to each person individually, turning those people against all the other members of the cult and making them believe they are special, and that they have a personal connection to the cult leader, and that they are the cult leader's favorite. They are special, they are smarter, they are more beautiful, they are more charming, they are more intelligent, they are harder working than everyone else. So that's the connection the cult leader makes to each person in the cult to keep them loyal to the cult leader. And making them believe they are above everyone else within the cult. That's how it works. So imagine an artificial intelligence generated personality all running off of this cloud-based, this quantum computing-based platform. Now, if you take Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer of Google's idea, is that when they suck everyone's consciousness up into the cloud, which is just going on to servers, folks, as we know, Amazon Web Services controls between a third and 50% of the internet. So it, chances are it's sitting on Amazon servers or Google servers or Microsoft servers or Oracle servers. That pretty much covers the basis of the internet. His idea is that there is going to be a hive mind, which combines all these consciousnesses together. Right, so I get uploaded, you get uploaded, Mike Moore gets uploaded, Maria Albanese gets uploaded, and those are combined into one AI hive mind. AI hive mind. And he talks about how that will be beamed down into what will essentially be a third layer of your brain, this artificial intelligence silicone-based neocortex, and you will have access to all of the knowledge. Okay, that's what Ray Kurzweil promises. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that some of these quacks believe that they will get access to all of the knowledge i think the rest of us end up in a complete slave system but i'm not going to get into that tonight what i'm trying to say is that they believe they will know everything they will know all they will know your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings they will be able to read that in real time as yuval noah harari the king philosopher of z world Economic Forum and the Force Industrial Revolution has said those who control the data will be the gods of the new era. He has publicly said that you have no free will, you have no spirit, you have no soul. Those days are over. Those days are over. He has said this publicly several times on multiple occasions. 
And so I see this vision of some artificial intelligence being rising. And each one of us will see a different version. It will all be driven off of this so-called artificial intelligence hive mind, right? From this collection of consciousness of mine, of yours, of everyone else's. But the projection of this being that you see and I see are going to be different from each other because the algorithms that drive it make it personalized for me and for you. Let that sink in, folks. Seriously, I'm, I, I, I want to blow your mind today, all right? Going into Christmas Eve, what the heck? Why not? We're moving into Jesus' birthday, so let me show you what is the complete and total opposite of that, ladies and gentlemen. This is some scary stuff, but this may be the birth of the so-called Antichrist, if there is one, ladies and gentlemen. This makes perfect sense, and the technology is there. We're going to get into some of it shortly, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks. So here's the idea, okay? And I don't want to get uh, too crazy, folks. I don't want to get too crazy. But the idea here is that Let's say that there's a certain type of person or personality, and, and it could be more than one, you know, that you would connect with. And as Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the false industrial revolution, has said, they will know you better than you know yourself, right, when they have all the data. So let's say this person connects with you i don't know it could be some baker lady you follow on facebook uh it could be some comedian that you've never seen in real life but you follow him on twitter and so this person speaks directly to you this is already happening in many forms folks go on twitter they get in arguments with a bot they don't even know it's a bot a bot is provoking you you're going back and forth a lot of this was happening in 2015 2016 2017 and so imagine this projection, whether it comes to you in the form of a video or somebody you're chatting with on Zoom or when you have augmented reality headset, it comes out and talks to you in front of you. And so each person has an individual or individuals, although there are artificial intelligence projections that they perceive to be real. It's each and everybody's own Deepak Chopra, right? And it's talking to you. Well, can the Antichrist come in that form? Because it can speak in any language, it can look any way, and it can be personalized to each individual. To me, that is the only realistic solution if you're going off the biblical version of the Antichrist that can 
reach every single person. Because if I rose up as the Antichrist, I can't speak 200 languages, right? I don't look like an African guy. I don't look like some Scottish dude with a kilt on. How am I going to connect with those people? But this is a way that it could possibly be done. Now, the other question that we have to look at, since we covered central bank digital currency so much here, how do they get to a place, the elites, the technocrats, the transhumanists, how do they get to a place in which they can convince everyone to be chipped or to be connected up to this cloud or have a way to beam information back and forth to them? Right now, so if you take the brain chip, that's easy. They're supposed to be able to beam information down into your head and tickle your brain with all the electrodes, the electronic, uh, transcranial electronic stimulation helmet. That all makes sense, even the augmented reality and the virtual reality. But how could they gain access to everyone? Well, with central bank digital currency, if that becomes the basis for the world currency system, and they're going to force you to have to be on there to be able to buy and sell then it's easy to be able to implant something on someone or get them connected up to a device at all times because you're forcing them into it. Otherwise, they're going to starve to death. The other way, the other possibility is by maybe injecting something into you, you know, graphene oxide, something that allows them to manipulate you uh, from the cloud, from a satellite system, whatever it may be. So, I mean, could the jab be something like that? There's a lot of people that have done videos and talked about it. Yeah, that could be too. I'm just putting this out there because to me, the technology and the way in which we're moving, it really appears that this is the system that they are trying to build. Now, I brought up on a conversation with Dan Golvach yesterday as I was driving through the stormy weather, and I said to Dan, as you're investigating, as you're reading more, as you're trying to reinterpret things you've read in the past, I want you to think about this. Does life imitate art, or does art imitate life? Meaning, was the Bible written to predict what man would do, or Are there men on this earth that are trying to make certain parts of the Bible come true? Are the elites trying to build this Antichrist? Or did the Bible predict that the elites would build the Antichrist? Now, Dan brings this all the way back to Tower of Babel. We're going to go into a little deeper discussion on that next time he's on which was when they were attempting to have sort of one language and then it was easy to manipulate and control everyone so god broke us up into nation states and created all these different languages which would make it much more difficult for any one man to manipulate everyone at the same time but tonight we're going to look at some technology that allows this to occur because it solves that problem it also begins to lay the foundation for what i'm talking about here with an ai antichrist projection that's personalized that is choose your own adventure that is created just for you by you using your brain waves your emotions your thoughts and it's designed specifically to manipulate you and to fool you 
And one of the reasons why I, I'm going to start talking about this now, now that I, you know, it's like anything, you come up with a product idea, you go Google it and you figure out that that product already exists. And so Dan started doing research and there's some other pastors and folks out there that are speaking about this. I watched several of the things Dan sent over. There's some other YouTube channels that have talked about this, but I, I think people are missing it because I don't think they fully understand the technological capabilities that are out there. And so one of the things I am going to focus on as I seek purpose going into 2023 is I'm going to put this together and we'll work on this together here at the Dustin Gold Standard, but I'm going to put this together in a 90 minute presentation. It talks about the technologies from the so-called private sector, the uh, public sector, uh, CBDC, this AI antichrist. I want to package this into a 90-minute, highly entertaining, highly enlightening presentation and then figure out the type of groups that already exist who would want to hear this speech. And I have to also come up with, folks, and maybe you can help me, I have to come up with what the uh, end of the speech is going to be. I, I don't want to sit there. I, I've watched a lot of lectures over the years, and I don't want to lecture on something that ends up very dark. All right. This has to explain to people what's coming so they can watch out and avoid it. But I also want to have some real solutions in there. I mean, we just gave you a solution at the beginning of the show from Wide Awake Jim. Very simple, but stop using your debit card, take out the cash, spend the cash, and don't get cyber hacked. But I need to have some bit of light at the end of this tunnel. And I don't want to turn this into, I'm not looking to go out there and become a preacher. And be able to say, turn to God and beg for his forgiveness. I want to teach people either how to fight or how to revolt. It hasn't clicked yet, folks. It hasn't clicked. I'm going to be thinking about it a lot between Christmas and New Year's. I figure out how I can go out on the road and actually connect with people and present this information. And then we can do the podcast from the road with different guests. I can get my wife and Willie G out on the road. My wife works remotely so she can work from anywhere and we can get Willie G out on the road. And I think I will be in a happier place because I need to get out there and start talking to people face-to-face. I need to be able to do more of that. I need to be able to obviously make a living and pay the bills doing it but i i want to be out there talking to people face to face and then i'll meet interesting people i could bring on the podcast but i have to start to find groups of people that would be interested in hearing this so if you have any ideas like non-charlatan you know christian groups uh folks that haven't been brainwashed inside that world um you know maybe some homeschool type of groups uh, there's always a mixed bag out there, but things like that. If you have any ideas of what type of people would want to listen to a 90-minute presentation on where the technocracy comes from, where we are today, and where it's going, and then some realistic, uh, maybe we could do Q&As on solutions and engage the audience. I think um, this needs to be done because I don't see anyone else doing it with the level of detail that we could provide and at a grand scale. And somebody has to go out there and preach this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so enough about my theories and my ideas. Uh, I just, you're the audience, and I love to get your feedback because I trust your opinion, folks, especially those of you who have been listening from the beginning. I want to start here. This is an article that Dan Goldbach sent over to me. Uh, 
And this is by John Brandon over at VentureBeat.com. This was written in October 2017, and the title is, An AI God Will Emerge by 2042 and Write Its Own Bible. Will You Worship It? And so he has a screenshot from that famous Apple ad, folks. So I want to read from this first, because we're going to get into a company tonight called Synthesia. Synthesia. I'm going to cover it over this episode and the next episode. And I may record two episodes today since I missed uh, two days and try to catch up with that. But let's read from this. It says in the next 25 years, artificial intelligence will evolve to the point where it will know more on an intellectual level than any human. In the next 50 or 100 years, an artificial intelligence might know more than the entire population of the planet put together. At that point, there are serious questions to ask about whether this artificial intelligence, which could design and program additional artificial intelligence programs all on its own, read data from an almost infinite number of data sources, and control almost every connected device on the planet, will somehow rise in status to become more like a god, something that can write its own Bible and draw humans to worship it. Now, let me just tell you, don't just look at the internet as this encyclopedia where we find articles like this and term papers and white papers. You have to remember, how much data does Amazon have with all of the different, let's say, just on the Amazon shopping side of things, all the products you buy, all the products you've looked at, all the movies you've watched, all the books you've downloaded, all the podcasts you've listened to, then all the websites they host, all the CIA and NSA and worldwide intelligence agencies that they have hosted on there. Then think about Facebook, how much data they have on the 2 billion users worldwide. They have people's thoughts. They have their images. They have their feelings. They know when they're upset. They know when they're angry. They know when they're sad. They know when they're happy. What about Twitter? You know, Twitter has 180 character, 220 character thoughts and ideas from people from all different genres. They've collected so much data. Every video being uploaded to YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat and everything else is analyzed, torn down, broken up, read by algorithms. There is so much information, so much data. Think about all the data they're collecting from the Amazon Ring systems worldwide. Everyone who puts up an Amazon doorbell, everyone's face is scanned, everything is tracked, everything is read. They have endless amounts of data. Now imagine how easy it would be if you and I were walking around with AR, augmented reality headsets, they could project a character in front of us who could manipulate us constantly. You want me to blow your mind, folks? What if everything that you're watching, what if me, and I'm not, but let's say I was, what if I was just some AI-driven voice and I confirm your biases or I confirm your worst fears? What if everything you're watching on the internet is not real? What if it's all a reality show you live in the middle of? What if it is like Truman Show and you were Truman and everything else is fake? Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I do believe there's a lot of fake stuff out there. I don't believe everything we see is fake. But just imagine how easy it would be for them to do that with the technology we have. When we look at some of the videos I have lined up for you. I have several. 
by the time you're done, we're going to ask ourselves, how do we know that Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow or Anderson Cooper or anyone that we've watched on TV that we've never actually seen in person, how do we know that that person is even real? Or if the person is real, a living, breathing human being, how do we know that the person we're watching on TV is just a digital twin, a creation of Tucker Carlson, of Rachel Maddow, of Anderson Cooper, of Donald Trump, of Joe Biden, of Anthony Fauci, of any of these characters. I'm telling you, folks, the technology that's available, which I'm about to show you, is going to blow your mind, folks. It's going to blow your mind. I've gone through deep fakes. I've gone through digital twins and mind twins here. But this next thing I'm going to show you is just, frankly, mind-blowing. And you can access this technology, folks, for $30 a month. Imagine what the military is not showing us. Folks, when we get back, I'm going to finish up this article, and we're going to start going into this company, Synthesia. And you are not going to believe it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks, this article at VentureBeat.com goes on to say, recently, reports surfaced that a controversy-plagued engineer who once worked at Uber has started a new religion. Anthony Lewandowski filed paperwork for a nonprofit religious organization called The Way of the Future. Its mission, quote, to develop and promote the realization of a Godhead based on artificial intelligence and through understanding and worship of the Godhead contribute to the betterment of society, end quote. And we're going to eventually get into that. I'm not going to do that tonight. Uh, This religion goes on to say building divinity. Of course, this is nothing new. The singularity, as I told you, that comes from Ray Kurzweil, the merger of man and machine, the point at which computers and artificial intelligence become smarter, the man forcing man to merge with it. The singularity is another quasi-spiritual idea that believes an artificial intelligence will become smarter than humans at some point. You might laugh at the notion of an artificial intelligence being so powerful that humans bow down to worship it, but several experts who talk to VentureBeat argue that the idea is a lot more feasible than you might think. One of the experts is Vince Lynch, who started a company called IV.ai that builds custom artificial intelligence for the enterprise. Lynch explained how there are some similarities between organized religion and how an artificial intelligence actually works. In the Bible, used by Christians, for example, Lynch says there are many reoccurring themes, imagery, and metaphors. Now, as I told you guys before, and you've seen it here at the Dust and Gold Standard, Peter Thiel 
one of the most dangerous, in my opinion, technocratic transhumanists and government contractors alive today, has said on video, I showed it to you, that Christianity and transhumanism are very similar and only have small metaphysical differences that people get hung up on because both Christianity and transhumanism offer eternal life. Christianity offers eternal life in the heavens with God, while transhumanism offers immortality here on earth through the ability to upload your consciousness and then download it into a new biological or non-biological body, a vessel, a suit, right? So they openly talk about this. They openly talk about this. Quote, Teaching humans about religious education is similar to the way we teach knowledge to machines. Repetition of many examples that are versions of a concept you want the machine to learn. There is also commonality between artificial intelligence and religion in the hierarchical structure of knowledge understanding found in neural networks. The concept of teaching a machine to learn and then teaching it to teach or write artificial intelligence isn't so different from the concept of a holy trinity or being achieving enlightenment after many lessons learned with varying levels of success and failure, end quote. Says uh, this uh, gentleman here, ladies and gentlemen, this, uh, what's his name? Vince Lynch. Goes on to say, indeed, Lynch even shared a simple artificial intelligence model to make his point. If you type in multiple verses from the Christian Bible, you can have the artificial intelligence write a new verse that seems eerily similar. Here's one an artificial intelligence wrote, quote, And let thy companies deliver thee, but will with mine own arms save them, even unto this land from the kingdom of heaven, end quote. An artificial intelligence that is all-powerful in the next 25 to 50 years could decide to write a similar artificial intelligence Bible for humans to follow, one that matches its own collective intelligence. It might tell you what to do each day or where to travel or how to live your life. But let me expand, folks. There does not have to be one Bible, okay? There can be multiple Bibles. There could be 7.6 billion Bibles. Your Bible will be different from my Bible because your Bible will be written specifically for you based on the digital footprint they have on you. All of your phone calls, your text messages, your emails, your internet searches, videos you've watched, videos you've uploaded, things you put on Facebook, your resume, Everything is recorded at all times through Amazon Ring, through Alexa, and everything else. So they can spit out a Bible for you that is completely written for you. It's like going to, uh, what is it, Lovebook or lovebooks.com. I made one of these uh, for my wife last year for Christmas, actually. It's uh, behind me on the shelf, folks. I'll move out of the way for one second. See the blue book? That's the love book, right? So you make a book that's specific to my wife and me. And this is how it could work. And the Bible does not also have to come in the form of a book, a hardcover or softcover book like we think. This could be directed at you each and every day in the form of a Twitter feed, in the form of an email chain, whatever ends up 
grabbing you. I personally believe that QAnon was most likely something of this nature, some kind of a test case to see how they could manipulate people with artificial intelligence. Let's continue. Robbie Minicola, who runs a digital agency and an artificial intelligence services company in Seattle, agreed that an all-knowing artificial intelligence could appear to be worthy of worship, especially since the artificial intelligence has some correlations to how organized religion works today. The artificial intelligence would understand how the world works at a higher level than humans, and humans would trust that this artificial intelligence would provide the information we need for our daily lives. It would parse this information for us and enlighten us in ways that might seem familiar to anyone who practices religion, such as Christianity. Now, the other thing, folks, is it doesn't have to come to you in the form of artificial intelligence. It could come to you in the form of a human being or what looks like a human being or in the form of a talking cat or a talking baby. It doesn't have to say, I am artificial intelligence. If its job is to manipulate you, guide you, guide you is manipulating you, driving you to do certain things. And that can be done in many forms. It doesn't have to say, this is AI, we are smarter than you. It comes to you in the form of some woman that reminds you of your grandmother that you watch on YouTube that you think is real. But it turns out that that thing is made specifically for you, to target you, only for you. Only for you. Everything can be manipulated in the digital world. It's very dangerous. It is like the movie The Matrix, all right? Exactly like the movie The Matrix. All right, let's continue. Quote, for a Christian, one kind of large data asset pertaining to God is the Old and New Testament. So in terms of expressing machine learning algorithms over the Christian Bible to ascertain communicable insights on what God would do or what God would say, you might just be on to something here. In terms of extending what God would do way back then to what God would do today, you may also have something there, end quote. This is Robbie Minicola speaking. Now, here's a question for you. Why are these folks always so interested, these technocrats, these transhumanists, that don't respect the idea of a god? They believe in the human evolution of humans when humans grab hold of their evolution because they're tired of waiting for natural evolution to take place. Why are they so interested in God? More specifically, why are they so interested in playing God? Why are they so interested in being able to write a new Bible? Why are they so interested in being able to manipulate people and direct them towards doing certain things and not other things? Why? Is it not obvious to you that these folks are trying to play God? They think they are God. They think because there's an absence of God that they are God themselves. That's the common theme here. You're dealing with God wannabes. That's what they are, ladies and gentlemen. I've said it a hundred times in the show. These people are not God. They are hackers. They are hijackers. They are pirates. They are criminals. They are thieves. They are thieves. Whether they want to hack and splice our DNA, our genome, whether they want to plug you into a matrix, whether they want to create a personalized 
choose your own adventure Bible for you. They're always trying to play God. Let's continue. This section is called the dark side. Of course, any discussion about an artificial intelligence God leads quickly to some implications about what this, quote, God, end quote, would look like and whether we would actually decide to worship it. Some of the implications are troubling because as humans, we do have a tendency to trust in things beyond our own capacity. For example, driving in a major city, using GPS and trusting we will arrive safely, as opposed to actually knowing where we want to drive and trusting our own instincts. And as I've said to you folks, I've told you, I showed you here, that Google Maps stems from a company that was founded by InQtel, the CIA's venture capital firm. So we're driving around with Google Maps in our car that was created by a company started by the CIA. Google absorbed it, took it over, and runs it. It's Google Earth, it's Google Maps, all that stuff connected. And when you really go behind the curtain, we haven't done it on the show, and I show you what Google Maps is, we think we just turn it on and it gets us from point A to point B safely in the fastest, most efficient way as possible. It's actually not just you and me dealing with Google Maps. It's an entire system that is controlled by Google and the government that controls the traffic patterns and everything else. It's an original smart technology, folks. It could drive you off a cliff if the government decided it wanted to do that tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to drive off a cliff right now into a short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. And folks, you can still join Pain.tv slash gold. Get access to a great community of folks over there. Even if uh, I'm not on pain.tv slash gold depending on how mike moore has to rework the business i'll still be over there we just might not be posting videos over there so you can still join up folks it would be great uh, and then if i end up launching something you could possibly join that and support us as well you can also leave a donation at donorbox.org slash dustin gold show all right let's continue folks it says and if an ai god is in total control You have to wonder what it might do. The Bible might contain a prescription for how to serve the AI God. We might not even know that the AI God we are serving is primarily trying to wipe us off the face of the planet. Part of the issue is related to how an AI actually works. From a purely technical standpoint, the experts I talked to found it hard to envision an AI god that can think in creative ways. An artificial intelligence is programmed only to do specific tasks. They wondered how an AI could jump from being a travel chatbot into dictating how to live. Now, let me just say this to you. If you have a bunch of people over here, these technologists that are working 
to program this, that are sitting there talking about artificial intelligence becoming a god. They're starting religions around artificial intelligence. Then has artificial intelligence not already become a god? It is a god in their eyes, right? It is a god in their eyes. They're already worshiping it. They ask the question here, you know, who's going to follow it? Well, they're already doing it. They're building it. Aren't they trying to build it? Therefore, they're trying to bring it to life. Therefore, they already believe it's a God because it's telling them what to do. It's telling them, come and program me. Come and build me. It's like Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. If you build it, they will come. That's what they're doing. They're actually doing it. They're actually worshiping it. Therefore, they want to figure out if they can get us to worship it. But again, folks, this may not come to you in the way that you're thinking about in the form of a book. It may already be there. The personalized choose-your-own-adventure feedback loop echo chambers may already be part of this AI god. Who knows? Half of the stuff you experience online may not even be real. It may all be run by AI designed to trick and fool you. It goes on to say, and the experts agree that actual compassion or serving as part of an organized religion, activities that are essential to faith, go far beyond basic intellectual pursuit. There's a mystery to religion, a divine component that is not 100% based on what we can perceive or know. The transcendence is the part where an artificial intelligence will have the most difficulty even in the far future. Vincent Jacques runs a company called Chain Trade that uses artificial intelligence to analyze blockchain. It's hyper-focused machine learning. The artificial intelligence enforces anti-money laundering statutes. Yeah, right. That's obviously a long way from an artificial intelligence that can tell you how to live your life or read an artificial intelligence Bible. Quote, it would be extremely dangerous to have an all-knowing, thinking artificial intelligence being someday. All computer programs, including AI programs, are built for a specific and narrow purpose. Win a chess game, win a go game, reduce an electricity bill, etc., says Jacques. The computer logic, even if it is advanced AI, doesn't play well with a general will and general thinking capability that could at the same time design military strategies, marketing strategies, and learn how to play chess from scratch. For this reason, I'm not really scared of a potential super thinker that could overthrow us one day. I believe that the uh, inventive and innovative part will always be missing, end quote, says Jacques. For her part, Minicola argues that an artificial intelligence may be able to guide people and enlighten them in an intellectual way, but this is not the same as an actual expression of faith or any form of transcendence. Quote, in terms of AI taking on God and manifesting something beyond data that simply does not exist, or rather beyond God, that's not happening, end quote, she says. This section is called actual worship, though, question mark. In my view, this they're talking about the author, not me. In my view, this is where the dangers come into play. As a Christian myself, it's hard to imagine ever worshiping a bot that lacks any real personality, wisdom, or ability to become relevant and personal, no matter how much more intelligent it is than any human. 
an artificial intelligence god would be cold and impersonal, an intellectual, quote, being, end quote, that's not capable of love or emotion. Will people actually worship the AI god? The answer is obvious, says the author. They will. We tend to trust and obey things that seem more powerful and worthy than ourselves. The GPS in your car is just the most obvious example. But we also trust Alexa and Cortana. We trust Google. When an AI becomes more powerful in 25 to 50 years, there is a great possibility that it will be deified in some way. Apple and Google loyalists already have a religious fervor. If an AI god does emerge and people do start worshiping it, there will be many implications about how this AI will need to be regulated or even subdued. Hang on for the ride. Well, there aren't going to be any implications, you know, about how AI needs to be regulated. First off, there are people out there running around, right, that are devout atheists, and they worship technology. They worship their devices. I mean, what is the difference? What is the difference uh, in the terms they're talking about of worshiping and addiction? You know, people that sit around all day and just flip through their phone, staring at Facebook, staring at Twitter, staring at TikTok. I mean, are they not uh, worshiping that in a way? I told you, technocracy is a culture, and it is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is here. All right, I want to show you something. Because I want to start to give you a visual on what I'm talking about. How this artificial intelligence antichrist could come to power. We already kind of have the concepts behind what would drive this artificial intelligence, right? We have this idea of the consciousness being uploaded of which we're already doing whether they suck the consciousness out of our brain or not many people have already uploaded their consciousness through the form of their digital footprint everything we do online interact with online as elon musk has said we are just nodes in the system we are helping them build this and so this ai hive mind is already created it's stored on amazon servers it's stored on google servers microsoft servers oracle servers Right, And now it's the ability for these guys to use algorithms to process that data and then spit out what they want that data to do. Well, if we look at this AI Antichrist in the form of a human, right, as I said, some sort of a digital projection that you could see, something that comes out in front of you in the form of an augmented reality or a virtual reality or on your smartphone or your smart device. I want to show you a piece of technology that I've been doing a lot of research into. So let me show you this video, folks. This is called Welcome to Synthesia. Synthesia. And we'll get into this company over the next episode or two. But I wanted to show you because it's this idea I keep talking to you about this sort of being who is personalized to you. It can look like you. Or look like something you like. I don't know if you're a guy, it comes to you in the form of a woman you're attracted to. If you're a woman, maybe it's the pool boy. I don't know. Uh, Or if you're someone who happens to be in a very dark place and it comes to you in the form of your late grandmother or some sort of a spiritual guide you may have had or someone you looked up to, a teacher. 
because it knows all this about you. So it can create these in real time. So let me show you this technology, folks. Again, this video is titled Welcome to Synthesia. What does it mean to be human? Where is the line between person and machine? Or does the line even exist? No idea. I'm here to tell you about Synthesia. Alan here has a lot to say, and nothing but text to say it. Emails, presentations, tutorials, typing, typing, typing. It never ends. A giant steaming pile of text. It's just not as engaging to read as it is to watch and listen. But with Synthesia, Alan can take that text and in just a few minutes, turn it into this. In today's lesson, you will learn about how to set up for a perfect interview. He doesn't need a camera. He doesn't need a mic. All he needs are some words and a browser. Hello, Heidi. Hello. Alan would like to thank Who you for the call yesterday. With Synthesia, Alan can give anything a face and a voice, including his own. And with a little extra work, he can create a custom avatar who looks and sounds just like him. In this video, I will show some tips on how to connect more efficiently. Or sounds like him in a different language. Die Berichte für dieses Quartal sind da und sehen toll aus. Our CRM system is a great source of information to learn Whoa. about our customers. Now, it's easy for Alan to share anything he can type. Once you have the data, it is time to map the customer's journey to the purchase. Synthesia. Turning text into something much more human. Well, almost human. All right, folks. So what I just had up on the screen there, if you guys would like to see the video, you could join us at pain.tv slash gold and watch the ad-free video version of the Dust and Gold Standard. You can see the videos. But if you're on the audio side only, what I just showed was an ad for this company, Synthesia. And they're over at synthesia.io. That's S Y N T H E S I A dot I O. And I'm going to be breaking down this company and showing various videos from it for the rest of this episode as well as the next episode, 118. Very important information. And I'll show you some of the people that are behind this company. But what you just saw on the screen is a guy named Alan sitting at his computer. And he can type in text. And then from a menu, he is able to choose, I believe right now it's up to 100 different actors he can choose and different voices and up to 60 different languages. And so you can type in your text and then you have something that looks very similar uh, to a human speaking and the voices are actually becoming quite accurate. As you know, I've covered the Artificial Intelligence Foundation. I've showed what they're doing. I've covered several other companies in this space, but this one is uh, well advanced, folks. It's well advanced. And so I could basically make a commercial, all right? In real time, I can make a commercial uh, and, and basically put in different backgrounds, uh, moving graphics right from the text. And if you spend the money, I'm going to show the website in a little bit. If you spend the extra money, you can actually create one of these of yourself. So I could create one of me with my voice and then say I want to do an ad for the Dust and Gold Standard, but I'm not in the mood to go and record a video or I don't have the right lighting. I could literally just use my deepfake, make the ad, I type in the text, and then 
pick my backgrounds, my moving graphics. I can even include slideshows or whatever else I want to do and literally have a commercial ready to go. Not only, folks, does this obviously put actors and voice actors out of business. That would be their goal, which is why the actors should rise up and unite against this stuff. This is the beginning of what I'm talking about. This is how you create a human-like projection that matches what you or I or anyone else wants to see individually. And the AI can be smart enough to actually choose one for you. You don't actually have to choose it in, in the world that I'm talking about, where this technology goes. Folks, if that's not freaky enough for you, I'm going to walk you through other videos that I cherry-picked here uh, from Synthesia. And I'm going to show you exactly what this company is doing. And we're going to take a look at who is behind it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm running a bit behind, so I'm going to take a short break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold, folks. Slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to show you something that I created uh, earlier today in about 10 seconds, okay? Literally in 10 seconds, I created this. And for some reason, when it's pulling up in my queue, unfortunately, it is because I just sent it over uh, from my iPhone. So it's actually showing this video horizontal. So just ignore that, folks. Just ignore that. You'll be able to see it for the video side. For the audio side, you're going to be able to hear it. And I did this with a free demo. I just typed in some text, and then all of a sudden I was emailed a link to this video. Let's play this quick. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv, and I am Dustin Gold. Okay, so there's a guy uh, with a beard. He looks nothing like me, obviously. Uh, and so um, I just plugged in. I am, uh, you know, you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv slash gold. And I am Dustin Gold, right? So I sent it over to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Payne podcast on Fridays. I sent it to my wife. They both wrote back like, who the hell is that? Thinking it was somebody stealing from me. When in fact, this was just a little AI driven video I made. I had it in my hands in a matter of two minutes. Let me play it again. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv. And I am Dustin Gold. All right, so that I made, and I was thinking what would make a great show. I was going to pay $30. I'll show you this in a minute for a month subscription where I could make some of these videos. You're only allowed up to 10 minutes in video, though, so I didn't want to do it. And then you have to get the enterprise version, and I have to get on the phone and talk to these guys in order to do that for me to create one of myself because I was thinking how great would it be to create a digital twin of myself and then be able to show you guys all of these uh, 
crazy sample videos I made because I think it would really drive the point home. We can create like a Dustin Gold AI Antichrist or something like that. And maybe we'll do that in future episodes, but I didn't want to spend the money right now to go ahead and do that, folks. But let me show you this. This is a commercial that ran um, on... It was a pretty big campaign. It's with David Beckham. All right, let me play this for you right now. I want you to take a look. Some of you will probably recognize this, seeing it, or recognize it if you hear it. Let's play it. Malaria isn't just any disease. It's the deadliest disease there's ever been. Se dice que ha matado más de la mitad de la población que ha existido. Billion million tan murit qui. Wa ma zalat taqtulu tiflan kulla daqiqatayn. Mais nous pouvons y mettre fin. Nous savons comment, nous en avons la possibilité. Ame ora di karvain ki zaruratan. Wa men shia rang shisi lindaran guanju. Hivyo nazindua kampeni ya sauti. Speak up and say, malaria must die. One voice can be powerful, but all of our voices together, then they will have to listen. Malaria must die, so millions can live. All right, so this is a commercial with David Beckham, and he's sitting at a kitchen table, and his mouth is moving in sync, and he's speaking in all those different languages through those different voices. Okay, as I said to you, this AI projection in the form of a human being, I don't know, maybe you like David Beckham, the next thing you know, he's speaking to you. And he can speak to people anywhere in any different language. Now, let's take a look at this video where Synthesia is going to explain how they actually created that video. Malaria isn't just any disease. It's the deadliest disease there's ever been. Okay, so it says up on the screen, this is how we made David Beckham speak nine languages. Now, when the video opened, David Beckham is sitting at the counter. It's the same video I just showed you. But this time, he has a green wireframe map over his face, showing that they scanned his face. Let's continue. <laughs> And we're using AI to do what we call visual synthesis. It's actually the same thing as you would do in a Hollywood studio. We use the video to build a 3D model, and we can then reanimate that so you can change the language or you can rewrite the script of a film. I think machine learning and AI is going to be a very important part of, of solving the world's health problems. What we are doing, I think, helps spread this message in a much more effective way than uh, without using technology like ours. I've been involved for quite a few years now because obviously it's such a huge killer of, of children uh, around the world. And I think it's an incredible thing that's being done. But I also feel that, you know, it's a disease that, that we can end in my lifetime. Having had the disease myself growing up, um, as a child in Nigeria, I know what it feels like, but I never thought about how important it is until I became a doctor. Seeing children die from malaria is something you never get away from. Okay, so uh, let me just explain, right? Here we go. This is exactly what we're getting into, the worshipping of artificial intelligence. So you take a sickness 
uh, you take malaria, right, and you tug at the heartstrings, you play to human emotion, as I've explained to you time and time again, that is what Elon Musk does by saying the Neuralink brain chip can cure paralysis, it'll cure your grandmother's dementia. So now you take malaria and you take a celebrity, David Beckham, and you put the two together, and now you bring in the third component, the gentleman you heard speaking in there was the CEO of uh, Synthesia, and his name is um, Victor, let me see real quick, it's Victor Ripperbelly, Victor Ripperbelly, and we're going to get into him shortly. But so you take malaria, something that, no one can argue again. So if you say, oh, you don't love people that have malaria. You don't want to save them. And AI is going to save them. Well, you're already now worshiping artificial intelligence as the god that is going to save people from malaria. In this case, because AI is what is making David Beckham appear to speak in nine different languages so they can reach more people around the world with raising money for malaria research, and you're combining him in with like this guy here who lent his voice, who's supposedly a doctor who had malaria when he was a kid. Now he treats children with malaria. And then you're going to have AI behind all the anti-malaria technology and medicines and pharmaceuticals so ai becomes the very thing that is actually being worshipped let's continue here working as a doctor in a hospital you see the first case you're like yes this is one but then you see tens twenties hundreds of the same thing very preventable disease so having a powerful voice behind this one voice I think it's really important. Every two minutes, a child dies from malaria. I think that's really powerful. It's a shocking statistic. (laughs) It's great to be involved in something where the, you know, the the tech side of of our lives and our world get get involved, you know, to be one voice of, you know, many different people. Right, so what they're doing there, uh, because as you noticed, Beckham was not speaking, it was not his voice speaking in the nine different languages. It was nine different voices. They had uh, male and female voices. But he's saying one person speaking for all of these people, right? One image of one man speaking for nine different people. You see how this is? It's like the head of of a serpent with different heads, I mean, really crazy stuff, folks. Really crazy, really mind-blowing stuff. Let's continue. When I was young, I live in an agricultural area in Sudan. It's it's common thing you have it once or twice a year. It comes and it goes. You might survive, you might not survive. It's 1994 until 1996, I lived in a refugee camp. And when I go there, the worst disease people died from was obviously drinking unclean water and being unaware because of malaria. Disease attacks everybody, but not everybody has access to healthcare services. Malaria has been affecting the economy because when the the working group are contacting malaria, sometimes they have about two weeks they cannot go to work. There is advancement in in medicine and combating malaria, but still it poses a big threat. Ending malaria and other diseases requires collaboration, partnership from everybody, everywhere. 
anything like this you want people to sit up to listen uh, and then to take action you know to sign the petition to go out there and be a voice right so there you go folks so i'm showing you here there was this uh video i, I actually remember seeing it and uh we'll get into it in uh in a bit folks because i have the article that actually goes along uh with this video about when they actually created this and uh why they created it and everything so it's something you probably have seen on tv i can't remember it might have even ran during a super bowl possibly but we're going to get into it we'll talk about it but i'm showing you the beginning here of this technology and when we get into the next episode episode 118 i'm going to walk you through synthesia's website i'm going to show you what they're doing uh the prices how easy this stuff is to access. And we're going to start to ask the question, you know, could this Antichrist, this artificial intelligence Antichrist, take the form of a human or 7.6 billion humans where each of us will be assigned our own respective God to worship or to interact with or to be manipulated, brainwashed, and mind-controlled by. When you start thinking like this, folks, you can go a little nutty. I, I, I try to walk a fine line between not blowing your mind so much that you want to just crawl under your bed and cry yourself to sleep, but also trying to make you fully aware of what is out there and how difficult it is to actually trust what you're seeing, what you're reading, what you're looking at, what you're listening to, because the technology allows it all to be created out of thin air. I typed that message into their demo, and literally two minutes later, I had a video now, if I wanted to spend the money, I would sign up for the $30 one-month trial. If I thought it was worth it, I'd make a couple of custom videos to show you. I don't want to do that yet. I really would like to get into the enterprise version and make the customized avatar of myself so that I could really play around with it, really blow your mind. But I'm not going to do that just yet, folks. I don't really want to talk to this company. Because this kind of stuff really disgusts me, actually kind of freaks me out, folks. Let me take a quick breather when I get back. I'm going to show you another video, and then I'll just introduce you to the, to the investors behind this company, and then we'll pick back up in episode 118. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And I am Dustin Gold. 
Not the deep fake, ladies and gentlemen. Not the deep fake video. I'm the real guy, believe it or not. All right, let me show you this. This is a little video they put on called Deep Fakes for Good. I want to show you this, and I'm going to show you their website. And I want to show you one of the investors that's behind this to pique your interest before we get into episode 118. All right, let's uh, play this right now. And uh, basically, you have the queen, the queen of England, the one who just passed away, right? She's sitting at a desk with a Christmas tree behind her in her uh, infamous blue, you know, dark blue, deep blue uh, dress with the white pearl necklace on. So I'm grateful to Channel 4 for giving me the opportunity to say whatever I like. Hey there, let's talk about deepfakes. What are they? How are they used today? Are they all bad? And what to keep in mind when you hear words like deepfakes or synthetic media? Let's get right into it. So, what are deepfakes? The term has taken on many meanings since its inception. Today, it has become a catch-all term used to describe video, image, text, and voice content that has been fully or partially generated by artificial intelligence. Deepfake technology enables the creation of video, image, and speech without the need for cameras or microphones. Instead of recording video, you can generate very realistic-looking fake content using computers. This is similar to the visual effects that you know from Hollywood. But AI is making it faster, cheaper, and much more accessible to create. Deep. Now, now, let me just tell you. So, the, the woman up on the screen who's talking, she is one of the AI characters. And her voice is all generated through AI. And when I covered deepfakes many episodes ago, because I've been studying deepfake video technology for like five years, I think. Um, I had told you there was what was called deepfake video and then what I call deepfake audio just to make it easier to explain to you. So that's what they're talking about here. And as far as I'm concerned, for a $30 a month product, this is pretty far advanced. You have to ask yourself what they're not letting us see. All right, let's continue. Fake technology is used for many things. For example, you can make educational content like the video you are watching right now but there are also harmful ways to use the technology. Let's investigate. There are legitimate worries about the use of deepfake technology. You've all probably seen fake videos with Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Tom Cruise. While some of them look very convincing, these videos are currently extremely hard and costly to produce. Today deepfakes of politicians and famous people have not yet been used malevolently. The technology is mainly misused to create pornographic content without consent. Now, how do they know? How do they know that the deepfakes of politicians have not been used to cause harm? How do they know that? They don't know that. They can't claim that. Well, first off, a deepfake is a digital puppet of someone else. So if you're creating a digital puppet of an actual human puppet, a politician, is it really a deep fake or would it be called a, a shallow reel? <laughs> a shallow reel, folks. That's, that's what it would be if you're making a deep fake of a politician. Let's continue. This is a growing problem and there are many efforts working on minimizing harmful content. One of the tools to combat harmful deep fakes is building detection systems. Several large technology companies are already working on this, and if you go to Sensity.ai, they have a live detection system. There are also efforts to ensure the provenance of media content 
for example the Content Authenticity Initiative by Adobe. You can find links below. As with any other new technology, it can be used for good and bad. Criminals use smartphones, cars, and social media, and they will surely use deepfake technology as well. Companies and researchers in this space have the responsibility to make sure that we reduce harmful use as much as possible. Yeah, right. The whole thing is, is harmful. Recreating the, the humans and putting voices is harmful. So now they're saying they have a responsibility to govern it, as you're supposed to believe the so-called private sector Silicon Valley madmen are going to govern their own technology. Folks, this stuff is designed to deceive. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point. So the whole thing is harmful. Let's continue. Let me give you an example of how this technology can be used for good. Well, it's very simple. This video is educational, and it was created entirely with an AI video software called Synthesia. Synthesia allows companies to quickly produce these types of business videos for internal communications, learning, and onboarding. On top of that, they can easily create all these videos in many languages. You can also create AI avatars with your own voice. For voiceover and video content, this saves countless hours of recording and enables entirely new use cases such as personalized media. Typing in text is much faster and more scalable than recording with cameras and microphones. Synthetic media technology is also used to create highly realistic translations of advertisements, movies, and other types of video content. I mean, folks, I'm not lying to you. I mean, this woman looks like she's on a green screen. But other than that, it looks pretty damn real. I mean, if I was uh, watching an onboarding video, like if I went to work for Amazon or something, I was going to work in their warehouse and I was being trained, I would probably almost believe this was real. I mean, maybe not me, but the average person, I think, would believe it was real. Uh, that's how close it is, ladies and gentlemen. Again, this is the cheap technology they're allowing you and I to interact with. I can't wait to see Leonardo DiCaprio speak Chinese fluently. So what does the future look like for deepfakes? In 10 to 15 years, it might be possible to create an entire Hollywood film on a laptop without the need for actors, film crews, or cameras. All you will need is time and your imagination. This might sound a little bit crazy. But if you told people about Photoshop 40 years ago, they would probably have felt the same. Want to learn more on this topic? Please read about synthetic media in the link below where Synthesia CEO, Victor Raparbelli reflects on the synthetic future. Okay, folks, so there you have it, right? So just a little more because we've covered deep fakes here, but I wanted to show you that because it is from uh, their perspective, from Synthesia's perspective. Now, let me just quickly do this before we wrap up the show today. I'm going to pull up their website. Again, this is uh, Synthesia.io, S-Y-N-T-H-E-S as in Sam, I-A dot I-O. And so they're boasting now that they have 20,000 plus companies of all sizes is using their service, including Reuters, uh, Amazon, uh, BBC. Oh, really? Uh, what are they all using this stuff for? So we'll end up going in and looking a little bit and seeing if there's any test cases uh, or case studies listed on their website. 
And it says right here on the front, create videos from plain text in minutes. Synthesia is the number one rated AI video creation platform. Thousands of companies use it to create videos in 65 languages, saving up to 80% of their time and budget. Again, again, not only is this putting uh, actors out of business i mean when i start to send this out to some of the actors i used to work with some i manage represent as an agent they are going to be uh blown away i think because uh, this is this is the best one i've seen we looked at that company i think it was called soulmates those were really realistic but this is pretty damn good folks this is pretty damn good. All right. We've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven videos we have to cover in the next episode, 118. But let me show you this quickly. We go behind the curtain here. I wanted to see who's funding this operation. And so uh, as of right now, they're valued. Or they raised uh, a little over $66 million. Actually, huh. 66.6666666 million dollars i'm not kidding i have crunchbase.com up and so then i go over i find this article synthesia raises 50 million dollars to leverage synthetic avatars for corporate training and more because every doc should be a presentation and every presentation should be a video and this was written in december 2021 and it says right here, Synthesia, a startup using AI to create synthetic videos, is walking a fine, but thus far prosperous line between being creepy and being pretty freaking cool. Today, it announced the close of a $50 million Series B funding round led by Kleiner Perkins with participation from GV and existing investors, First Mark Capital, LDV Capital, Seed Camp, and MMC Ventures. Well, it didn't take me long folks okay it didn't take me long i look up kleiner perkins because i remembered kleiner perkins from another um from another uh project we did here another research project and who is one of the heads of kleiner perkins today it's a guy named ted schlein i'm over at kleinerperkins.com He's a big boss over there at Kleiner Perkins. And there's an interview they have with him, right? So I remember I said, Ted Schlein. I remember this guy for some reason. Ted Schlein, Ted Schlein. And I say, what? why do I remember this guy, right? And so Ted Schlein at Kleiner Perkins, he's under advisors, all right? Also on the advisory board of Kleiner Perkins is Al Gore. He's an advisor. Ted Schlein, he's a partner and advisor. He's a big wig over here at Kleiner Perkins. There's a whole history to this investment firm. So you got him as a partner and an advisor. And you say, okay, Dustin, well, what about Ted Schlein? Well, we go over here. Now, remember, I just showed you. Uh, go back to this for a second. It, uh, Synthesia closed a $50 million Series B funding round led by Kleiner Perkins. So Kleiner Perkins leads this investment round. Kleiner Perkins, one of the bigwids, Ted Schlein. Well, who's Ted Schlein? Well, I go over to IQT.org. That's InQtel, folks. That's the CIA's venture firm. I've done many shows on InQtel. They go in and they invest money at early stages into Silicon Valley companies. They basically come in and take them over. And next thing you know, the CIA is embedded inside these companies. Well, if you look at the board of trustees of InQtel, who is over here? Ted Schlein. 
says Ted Schlein is a general partner at Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers. Schlein joined KPCB in 1996 with a focus on early stage technology companies in the enterprise software and infrastructure markets, including ventures within the networking and consumer security arena. So you have you have Ted Schlein sitting as the board of trustees at InQtel, the CIA's venture firm, who was a general partner at the same time at Kleiner Perkins, who led the Series B funding round for Synthesia, this company that is building these deep fake videos and now is embedded with Amazon and 20,000 other companies. So we have to delve into this, folks, and it ties into what I'm talking about, their ability to create this artificial intelligence uh, antichrist. Will the AI be the antichrist? Uh, When we have Dan Golvanch back on again, we're going to get into more of the spirituality behind this. I'll have him bring in the biblical references, but I think it's important to cover this. Because you can either walk away from this conversation with the knowledge and the understanding of the actual technology and the people behind it, and you will now be more skeptical and think twice when you watch a video and ask yourself whether that's real or not real and why someone would want to be be able to fool you. Or you can look at the bigger picture and say, is the Antichrist a real thing? Is it going to rise? And if it's going to rise, if it's going to rise, will it come in the form of artificial intelligence? And I'm not just talking about artificial intelligence from the perspective of the deep fake video person you see, but the actual thinking that goes behind it. Because they have stacks upon stacks upon stacks of data, servers upon servers on each of us, our digital footprints. They can manipulate us. They can brainwash us. And they can mind control us, and they can do it through an artificial intelligence projection that takes the form of a human being that was sent specifically, designed specifically, created specifically to manipulate us. And it's all done in real time through algorithms and artificial intelligence. It's not like I would have to sit there at a computer and type this out and then start trying to get this AI woman in front of you to manipulate you. It will actually all be done, run by artificial intelligence. The AI hive mind will be sending out 7.6 billion different personalities, each one to des- designed to interact with its own target human and be able to manipulate them, brainwash them, and mind control them. I know that's a lot to absorb, ladies and gentlemen, but I think it's something important to think about because it is a reality this company synthesia shows us that and again this is only the technology that they allow us to interact with imagine what they have how the hell do we know that tucker carlson on tv is even a real person we don't we cannot prove that their technology could be so good that that's what it looks like at this point think about that ladies and gentlemen have a wonderful day i may drop episode 118 today as well because i think i'm going to keep recording and get that down while this stuff is fresh in my head if not ladies and gentlemen have a wonderful christmas eve i'll probably put out a christmas eve show tomorrow i'm thinking about it we will see ladies and gentlemen all right thank you very much have a wonderful day my name is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold 
The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. 